So this one is on leveraging your life. If you thought this was on decision making, run, run fast <laughs> up to the other place and you'll get there and you'll still make it in time. Um, so what I want to talk to you about tonight is two simple things. You know, you have two tools at your disposal that outside of the Bible probably have the greatest opportunity to reshape and impact your life. And you're probably not even aware of it. And so what would those two tools be? What would those two tools be, Jake? Your personal schedule and your personal budget. Now, most of the time, we think of those and we think, yeah, are you kidding me? No, I'm really not. And so what I'd like to do in the remainder of our time is I'd like to talk to you a little bit about each of those. I'll take one at a time and kind of talk about those. But then what I want to do is we'll open it up for uh, question and answers and, uh, you know, I can answer any question you have. The shortest answer being, I don't know. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll work on that. But uh, first of all, your personal schedule. We tend to think of a schedule as kind of a laundry list of activities we do. But your schedule is not so much about what you do as it is about the person that you're becoming. And that's where we get really messed up. We don't realize that. Our schedule is really about the person that we're becoming. Your schedule is of utmost important importance to who you become. Now, the Bible speaks to this. And, you know, one of the things it says in, in um, Psalm 90, verse 12, Moses is speaking. He says, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom. What he's saying is, you know what? Your life's not that long. And so if you don't learn to use it, then it's going to get away from you. And you're going to miss the very opportunities that God has. Paul picks up on that in Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. He says, be very careful then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So you begin to look. And what Paul's saying there when he because the days are evil, he's saying, you know, things are working against you. They're not working for you to be able to, to move forward. So learn to buy up the opportunity. Another word for opportunity, you'll see in some translations, it'll say, make the most of your time. There's two words in Greek for time. There's one, it's, it's chronos, and one's kairos. Chronos just means like time, like we think of it, you know, like this hour, that hour. Kairos is a word, it really, the better translation is what you see sometimes, opportunity. It, it, came from a, it came from one of the Greek gods, the Greek god Kairos, and he was the god of opportunity. And if you ever see him, he's a very interesting character. He's, uh, he's running, he's running, he's always running a race, and you see him, and he has this long hair that flows in the front. And you look at the back of his head, bald as can be, and you think, what in the world is that about? Well, it's very simple. When opportunity is coming towards you, you better get a grip. Because once it's gone past, there's nothing to grab hold of. And so, you know, buy up the opportunity. That's what Paul's talking about right there. Buy up the opportunity. Now, <clears throat> what I want you to do is think for a minute about how impactful your personal schedule can be simply by changing your personal schedule. We had a guy on staff, a guy named Chris. And Chris decided one day, you know, he was... He was thinking through things, and he just added two simple words to his schedule. Work out. That's all he had. Two simple words. Work out. Chris is about yay tall. 
he went from 285 to 176 with two simple words, work out. <laughs> he just got home and he decided, I'm going to start running. His first night, he ran down to the end of the block, about passed out, came back home. <laughs> then he began to run. He got to where he could run around the block. Then he began to run around two blocks. Then he began to run some more. And over the course of one year, he lost over 100 pounds. Now, how did he do that? Was it just, you know, he thought, went there to sleep at night and thought, I really hope I wake up tomorrow skinnier. And then the next, no, he changed his schedule. When he changed his schedule, it changed his life. We had another guy named Kevin. Now, Kevin uh, had met some of the guys at Challenge, and he kind of thought, you know, okay, it's cool, and, you know, I, and I'll meet some of them. He was in the band, and one of our gals that was in the band invited him to come, and, and so he changed one word in his schedule. On Thursdays, he put Challenge. That's all he did. And he started coming to Challenge. And the more he did, the more things began to make sense to him. And about a year in, he committed his life to Christ. Why? Because he had seen the people. He'd seen them up close and personal. He'd seen all these things that had happened. And he was decided, this is true, and I want to be part of it. And so he joined in. Now, did that make a difference in his life? No, it made a difference not only in his life. It made a difference in his eternity. One word in his schedule, challenge. So what I'm telling you is, if you want to make a difference in your life, you've got to start with your schedule. If you don't change your schedule, things, things aren't going to change. You know, every one of you is going someplace. By taking control of your schedule, you go someplace on purpose. And that's really what you want to do. Because, you know, everybody's going to end up someplace. You could actually end up someplace on purpose. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you a little tool um, that I've used for about the last 40 years um, that's kind of a way how can, you, how can you do that? If you're wanting to take advantage of your schedule, how can you do that? So if you could just remember this little acrostic O-A-T-S 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 and here's what that stands for the O stands for objectives so you figure out the very first thing, you know, who do you want to become who do you want to become? When you begin to think about who you want to become, you look at your responsibilities. You look at your priorities. What do you want to be true about your life? So for Chris, what Chris thought is, you know what? I would like to not, you know, get up and wheeze walking up and down a small set of stairs. I would like to have, you know, uh, I would like to have my clothes fit where they don't feel like I'm about to pop buttons off of them all the time. Those were thoughts he had. So what did he put in his schedule? Two words, work out, work out. So you know, first look at the objectives. Then the A, look at activities, activities. Activities really are these. What are the steps that are gonna take you from where you are to where your objective is? What are the steps that are gonna take you there? What are the activities that will help you to accomplish those? For instance, let's say my objective is I say, I want to know God. And so I say, okay, well, what activities might I put under that objective? Why well, might I put under there, okay, quiet time. You know, uh, I'll spend time with God each day. Scripture memory, I'll begin to get God's word in my mind. Um, church, I'll actually go and be around God's people. 
a small group. I'll actually be there where I can get my questions answered and things like that. So those might be some of the activities that I put in because my objective was to know God. Then the third, and this is probably one of the most crucial, T stands for time. Time. When is it going to happen? This is a crucial point, men and women, because if it doesn't get in your schedule, it doesn't get in your life. It has to get in your schedule. You can come up with a wonderful set of objectives, all sorts of activities that you have written out, but if it doesn't get in your schedule, it's, it's not going to work. So you are on a schedule. The thing you ought to do is get on a schedule that works for you. Get on a schedule that actually helps you become the person you want to become. Like I said, your schedule is not about this list of activities you do. It's about the person you're becoming. So get on a schedule. The S stands for seriously evaluate. Now, I would have just said evaluate, but that spells OD, and so it doesn't work. So, you know, seriously evaluate. And, you know, ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? And is it working? You know, if you don't know why you're doing something, before long you'll quit. So if you want to think about why, you know, well, you're, the reason you're doing it mainly, to leverage your life. To leverage your life. There's a whole lot of people that they just don't accomplish the things they could in their life because they've never decided, I'm going to leverage my life. And once they do, if they really want to leverage it, then they begin to figure it out systematically. How do I set objectives? How do I have activities? Where do I get it into my schedule? Begin to evaluate, figure out, is it working? Do I need to tweak it? What do I need to do here? But you begin to think through it. The other thing, when you evaluate and you begin to think through it, it helps you to work on it, not just work in it. See, a lot of times, like in ministry, you're so busy working in it that you never take time to work on it. Sometimes in your life, you're so busy working in it that you don't take time to work on it. But having a schedule like this, having a plan, having an oats type thing, what it does is it helps you to do that, helps you to tweak activities, etc. So that's the first part of schedule. Now, what about budget? Well, a lot of times when you mention budget, people start cringing. <laughs> budget. <laughs> and the reason is because there's some real misconceptions. Uh, one misconception is, oh, if I have a budget, it will be so confining. It will be just like wearing a straitjacket. No. A budget is just a plan. You know, if, if you want to have a budget and you say, my budget is this. I want to spend every dime I make on donuts. Okay, that's fine. That, that right there, that's your, that's your budget. Your budget is donuts. You know, I mean, you know, and people go, is that a good budget? Not for long. Um, for one, you can't live in donuts. Uh, for one, you'll start to look like a donut. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that just don't work well if your whole budget is donuts. But you know what? If you want to make it that, it's your plan. It's not mine. I don't care. You know, what I want you to do is I want you to understand that a budget is simply a plan. Another reason people don't do it is people go, well, I've tried that. I tried it once. And I think, did you ever try riding a bike once? Yeah. How'd that go for you? <laughs> Probably not too well. You had to work at it a little bit, right? Well, it's the same way with a budget. It's going to take you a few months to get the thing working for you. So don't give up on that. See, a budget, what you want to do is you want to spend every dollar on paper before you spend it. 
That's what a budget is. You're simply working to spend every dollar. A budget has a twofold aspect. We tend to think all it is is spending our money. No, 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 no. It is directing your dollars and directing your heart. It's two things. Matthew 6, 21 says, you know, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if you want to find out where your treasure is right now, get your bank statement and look at the past few months. Some of you will go, my, my treasure is in Chipotle. You know, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh, look at that right there. Others go, my treasure's in Netflix. I didn't know. You know, yeah. You know I mean, you'll find what you really treasure when you look at what your money is going to. Managing your money allows you to have dominion over your finances and helps you to really learn to advance the kingdom as well. I mean, it, it, it's a great thing. Now, Margaret Thatcher, um, former prime minister of England, she had a great thing she said one time. She said, no one would have remembered the good Samaritan if he only had good intentions. He had money as well. She's right. She's right. Good intentions, that's great. But he needed some money to go with it. So no one wins with money if they don't use a budget. No one. I don't care. You know, you cannot make enough money to keep up with your stupidity. It just will not work, you know. What you have to do is you have to learn how to budget. Budgeting is simply telling your money where to go rather than wondering where it went. That's what budgeting is all about. So how do you handle money? You know, I mean, that also has an impact on other things. It has an impact on your ministry. I had a guy one time come to me and he goes, you know, Neil, I, I feel like some of these guys I'm working with, I don't know. He said, I just feel like they're just... It's like we're not connecting on some things. And so I was talking some more about it for a while, and then I said, hey, how are you doing on your finances? He goes, what? I said, how are you coming on your finances? He goes, well, not great, but what does that matter? I'm talking about ministry. I said, I know. How are you coming on your finances? He goes, is there a connection there? According to uh, Jesus, there is. You know, Luke 16, 11 says... If you have not been faithful in that which is unrighteous mammon, how is God going to give you true riches? See, in God's vantage point, true riches is people. And if you've not been faithful in handling things like finances, do you think God's going to entrust people to you? No, no. So there's a lot more at stake than just your money, you know. So some budget tips if you're wondering, what do I do about budget? One, Put giving at the top. Put giving at the top. You know, uh, give before you spend. Um, a good reference on that, you know, Proverbs 3, 9, you know, worship the Lord with, with the first fruits, worship the Lord with the first of your income. So, you know, put, put giving at the top. Uh, second, make a budget that will work for you. Now, your budget doesn't have to look like the person's next to you because they're not you. So make a budget that works for you. Um, third, you know, make a budget, a new budget, each month. Now, people go, oh, are you kidding? Like, every month? Yeah, every month, the rest of your life, make a budget. Now, there's a lot of things that are going to be the same. But there's going to be some things that are different. Like, how many of you are planning your, uh, your spring break trip in April? None? Why is that? 
You don't have spring break in April, do you? Some of you are going, I don't know why that is. I really Honestly, I, I ought to be. You know, no. No, it's because you don't have spring break in April. But you know, you have spring break in March. So when you're planning your schedule, you're putting that in here. Why did you put that in March? Because that's when you have it. It's the same way with the budget. You know what? I'm not putting like, you know, I'm setting aside money for Melinda's birthday in, in January. No, her birthday's in November. You know, so your budget's going to change some each month, but you can do that, and you can also figure out ways, you know. Like, some of our students, um, as we began to work on some of this stuff, some of our students that uh, a few years ago, they said, hey, 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 wait a minute. So I've got a question. Next March, we're going to have spring break again, aren't we? I said, you've got it. And they said, what do you think it's going to run? Probably about the same. And they said, Okay, so if I took that and divided it by 12, then I could set aside that amount of money each month. In fact, I could probably even go ahead and give it to Challenge in advance. And then by the time March rolls around next year, I got it paid for and I've not even thought about it. It's like, amazing thought. <laughs> and you know, about three of them did exactly that. They just set aside money each month. Some of them sent it in, but others just kept it. And they put it in a little savings account. And then when they walked up March, they walked up and they're smiling. I've got it. You're probably wondering about this. I do have it. I have it all. And I was like, well, good for you, you know. Some of them figured out what it was going to cost and said, hey, if I saved twice as much, I could pay for me and somebody else to go. Amazing thought, you know. But it was simply because they began to put it in their budget. Now, I don't know about you, but what I found is this. Things like this right here. Um, conferences have been huge in developing my life and helping me to grow and really moving me forward in some things. Have they been helpful for any of you guys? Yeah. Helpful? Some? Yeah. Well, you know what? You think they would be helpful for some friends of yours? See, if you began to use your budget with a kingdom mindset, you could say, you know what? I'll save for me. And I'll say for one of them, or maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm so broke, I can't even pay attention. So, you know what? I'll save for me and half of another person. Well, great. Two of you get together and pay for somebody else to come. And then you'll both just be tickled spitless that that person showed up, and, you know, they'll come, and you'll, you'll just, it'll be great, you know, and, and you'll do well. But take and begin to think about how can I set up my budget, just like how can I set up my schedule to leverage my life for the kingdom? How can I do that in a way that really helps me to do that? Then, um, you know, the next, the next tip I'd give you is, one, once you've, uh, once you've decided, you know, budgeting's actually a good idea, two simple hints. One, do it. Make a budget. And then, two, live on it. Okay? See, a budget doesn't do you any good if you make it all out and you think, oh, look, I made this wonderful budget, and then you put it in a drawer and walk off and ignore it all month, okay? That doesn't work, okay? That's like having a workout schedule, and you go, it's around here somewhere. I haven't looked at it in years. You know, you know it doesn't help. You have to actually do it, put it into practice. So some of you may have a thought like this. Well, this is good information for the future. Thank God for this. Because you know what? One of these days... When I have more money, this will apply to me. But right now, I'm a college student. 
I don't have money. Well, you know that verse, Luke 16, 11? Oh, the worst verse is the verse right before it, Luke 16, 10. <laughs> you know what Jesus said there? He who is faithful in little will be faithful also in much. But he who is unrighteous in little will be unrighteous in much. See, what the truth of the matter is this. If you get $10 a week right now and you don't figure out how to leverage that, you won't figure out how to leverage it when you get $1,000 a week. And you won't ever have to figure out how to leverage it when you get more because you know what? You will never do much with that. I remember our kids, you know, our oldest, <coughs> our oldest uh, child is a daughter, uh, Jen, the apple of my eye. And, you know, now Jen, she began to learn some of these things. She began to learn to put some of these things into practice early on. Then she graduated from college, and she gets this job where she gets hired into, like, the highest-paying school district in the state of California. I had no idea at the time, you know, but I did later. She gets hired into the school district, and the first thing she comes in, she's she, you know, she believed in uh, percentage giving. And so, you know, she's looking at this and she's like, wow. When I started to write this check, I was like, oh my gosh. I wonder if God needs all this. Uh, you know, and, and she kind of looks at it, but then she decides, well, yes, obviously he does. And so, you know, he didn't need it, but he needed her to let go of it with her heart. And so she did. And man, she began to get, and one of the great joys she had is learning to just give and learning to actually take her money and leverage it for the kingdom. And you know what? God wants to teach you those same kind of lessons. So I would encourage you, you know, think about that as you think about your budget. Now, how you handle the stewardship of money, it will either keep you on track in your walk with God or it will take you off every single time. Um, you know, you guys remember a guy in scripture named Demas? Not demon, but Demas. He was one of Paul's guys. And Paul's writing at one point, he says, hey, we're over here doing ministry, you know, it's, a, it's me, it's Timothy, you know, it's Demas. And then he writes again, oh, it's me and Demas, we're over here, we're getting after it. And then later on he writes and he says, Demas, Demas has forsaken me because he, he, you know, he was really in love with the things of the world. See, what Demas found out was this. Your money, it keeps you on track. Your desires that follow that, they keep you on track or they take you off. And so the best way I know to learn how to manage your time, the best way I know to learn how to manage your money is get a hold of your personal schedule and get a hold of your personal budget and begin to work on those. Now, here's the key that I think to both of those, and it's simply this. Do it together do it together. You were never meant to walk with God by yourself. And when you try that, you end up usually nowhere. What you need to realize is spiritual growth goes hand in hand with relational connectedness. And so the more connected you are relationally with other believers, that can really help you the more you're going to grow spiritually. So, you know, do that. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let's consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day draws near. Or Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, 
so one man sharpens another. You know, what we want to do is we want to really work together to sharpen each other, to help each other out, help each other leverage their lives for the very maximum they can. So that when they get to the end of their age, you know, James says in James 4.14, he says, what is your life? It is but a vapor. It appears for a moment and then passes away. You know, you walk out tomorrow morning and go, that's your life. You don't get up. You know, it's, that's it. And he says, you know what? If you want to leverage that, what you have to do, take control of your time, take control of your money. 